Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for giving us the breath of life this morning. And Lord, in whatever ways we need to examine our own faith and the faith of our congregation, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to that this morning as we dig into what faith in Jesus Christ means and what it looks like in our daily lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Well, today I'm going to talk about faith. And more importantly, what faith looks like. What does it look like when we live out our faith? Often we we may think faith is synonymous with religion, or faith is synonymous with our denomination. You might describe your faith as a Lutheran faith. Uh, Sometimes we talk about faith interchangeably with our theology, how we view certain things, what we think about certain things. Or sometimes our culture uses the word faith more abstractly, right? I, I, I have faith that there is a God. Or I have faith in God. Uh, Having that faith doesn't necessarily say that I believe in that God or that I have faith in that God or that I trust that God with my life. See, the Bible talks about faith a lot differently than how we often talk about faith and how our culture talks about faith. See, faith is action. Faith is trust played out in your life. Belief is action. If you truly believe something, that means somebody could look at your life and see the proof that you believe that, right? If you say, for example, I believe growing up in the church is important. Many of us in here would, would believe that, which means it's really important for us as we, as we raise our own kids and grandkids to emphasize that they are growing up in the church, right? That's us following out, acting on our belief. Or if you have faith, say that God will sustain you through every storm, but rarely you read the life-giving scripture, or rarely engage in life-giving prayer. Do you really believe that God is going to sustain you and give you life through the storm? Does that make sense? If you believe in Jesus, are you willing to live like Jesus lived? That's what we're talking about this morning. And I don't want to like, scare you away because Jesus obviously lived a perfect life. Jesus is one of the most renowned historical figures that we talk about today and certainly is like the pinnacle of the Christian faith. Christian, Christ, followers of Christ. We walk in the ways of Jesus Christ. There's a guy named John Wimber. John Wimber was the pioneer of a church planning movement known as the Vineyard Church. We have Vineyard Churches in Iowa today. Uh, because the Holy Spirit stirred up something in this man's life decades ago out on the West Coast. And he talked a lot about faith when he would preach. And uh, one of the stories he would tell is that, um, so John had been, I think he was a booking agent or something for the Righteous Brothers. He had been like all into the music industry out on the West Coast. And the Holy Spirit stirred up and he came to faith in Jesus Christ. So he started attending church. I mean, he wanted to be part of the body of Christ And one Sunday, there was this wonderful message in the Gospels about miracles and Jesus healing people and Jesus casting out demons. And so after the service, John leaves. He's still pretty new in the faith, and he goes up uh, to the pastor, one of the leaders, and he says, hey, when do we get to do the stuff that Jesus did? When do we get to practice doing what Jesus did in the scriptures? And the leader of that church was dumbfounded and didn't have an answer. He's like, we don't really do the things. You know, we don't really do that here in our, in our worship services. And, I, and John Wimber said something like, did I give up drugs for this? <laughs> he gave up his old life. He took a risk to follow Jesus. And then 
He was really confused when he didn't see the church that he was attending taking risks for Jesus. It was comfortable. So then he, he would say this, how do you spell faith? How is faith spelled? And this is how John Wimber would answer that. R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled risk. If you had faith that this pew was going to hold you, many of you have faith that the pew you're sitting in is going to hold you, or else you wouldn't be sitting in it, right? But you didn't consciously think about that when you came in. Just because you didn't think about it didn't mean you didn't have faith. You didn't know that somebody didn't come in last night and start sawing off all the supports underneath you so that when you sat, you would tumble to the ground. That's one little example of how we display our faith, our trust in things on a day-to-day basis. But our faith is inseparable from taking a risk. Because faith implies that we don't know the end of the story. At least all the details, right? Faith implies that there's some amount of unknown, that there's some amount of trust in a power outside of ourselves. Risk implies that there's an unknown. Anytime you take money and you put it in an investment, there's a risk. Sometimes a lot of risk, sometimes a little risk. But you take that risk. You have faith that it will be good over time. So our gospel this morning from Matthew was about Peter walking on water. It's about Jesus walking on water more than Peter walking on water. And R-I-S-K, risk, means not just that you're willing to get out of the boat. There's a popular series and book called If You Want to Walk on Water, You Gotta Get Out of the Boat, right? That makes sense. If you want to walk on water, you gotta get out of the boat. If you're from Minnesota, you might just say, wait till winter, you can walk on water. But in this case, you actually have to be looking outside of the boat to see how Jesus is inviting you to walk on the water. So I'm going to read a little bit of that text again from Matthew 14, picking up with verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. So first of all here, like Jesus is doing this really incredible miracle that kind of blows them away. First they think he's a ghost. He's walking across the water. He doesn't have a boat. He doesn't have size 14 shoes like I do and have enough displacement to be able to do that. Jesus is walking on water. This is an incredible supernatural miracle. So they see in Jesus, this guy, this guy's different. This guy must have some sort of influence or power over the natural world, right? Or else they wouldn't see him walking on water. So the doubt in their mind says, oh, that might be a ghost. In the midst of this storm and the wind and the boat getting tossed in their fear, they look out and they think, maybe that's a ghost. They see him. But that doesn't deter Peter, who is hungry, 
to believe. I think Peter, we see again and again in Scripture, really, really wants to believe in Jesus. Really wants to have that faith. So Peter gets to participate. He says, Jesus, if this is you, tell me to get out of the boat. And so Jesus says, get out of the boat. And Peter gets to participate in the same crazy supernatural miracle that Jesus is. Isn't that an invitation to the church today? Peter challenges Jesus. Peter steps out and he risks a lot in faith, getting out of the boat in the middle of the storm. And he gets to participate in the miracle. But what happens next? Peter gets distracted, right? Peter sees the winds. Peter gets caught up in the storm that's around him. He took his eyes off of Jesus. It says that in the text. And he started to sink. There's another lesson for us. Every, every line of this passage could be its own sermon. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and started to sink. So he called out to Jesus to be saved, and saved he was. There's another message in the line of this text. The risk that Peter took was rewarded, right? He got out of the boat, he got to walk on water, he got distracted, Jesus saved him anyway, and they got back in the boat. But Peter did not succeed. There was no reward here because Peter was Peter. The reward here isn't because Peter had really good effort to walk on water, was it? He was rewarded because Jesus is Jesus. Because Jesus invited him. Because Jesus was the one supplying him with the faith in that moment. With the courage in that moment to step out of the boat. And then what's even neater is the disciples, they got back in the boat and everything got still, right? And the disciples praised God. They praised God because they saw this play out. They saw Peter walk on water. They saw Jesus walking on water. And the disciples praised God and recognized him as the Son of God. So this risk that Peter took, stepping out of the boat in faith, strengthened the faith of others when they saw it, right? There's another lesson for us as Christians today. When we take a risk and people see God's, God's provision, God's influence, God's love, God's peace, whatever that is playing out in the midst of our risk-taking, in our faith, other people see that and their, their faith is strengthened. It leads more people to live a life of faith. So what if the disciples had curled up in the bottom of the boat in fear and, and not even looked over, over the walls? Maybe it was a little bigger boat and they could go down below. Probably not. It was probably just an open-top boat. What if they had given up hope of a better ending and let their fear get the best of them? They wouldn't have seen Jesus, would they? If they weren't looking outside of the boat, they wouldn't have seen Jesus outside of the boat, right? Seems logical. In a way, God's church on earth, the family of God, is kind of like a big boat. And he uses his body of Christ, the people, to steer it. He influences us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He encourages us through prayer and through the scriptures and through one another. And he steers this boat through us to adapt to the storms of our world and the culture that we live in. We should resist the temptation to go below and lock the doors to protect ourselves from the storms. Many churches, I think, tend to do this. We tend to not build like actual physical compounds, although there are places in the world where that's definitely happened in our history. But we are not called to go underneath 
and not look outside the boat. Even in the storm, we are called to look outside the boat so that we can see Jesus calling us. Where are we being called to go? How are we being called to step out of the boat, to walk on water? We're called to actually be looking for opportunities to have Jesus invite us somewhere. And we can't do that if we're not looking outside of the boat. So there's a whole lot we can learn from that scripture. I encourage you guys to to just meditate on that one all week. Matthew 14. Meditate on that one this week and see what the Holy Spirit does and and, and encourages in you. How, How might God be calling you to look outside the boat first and maybe step outside of the boat and take a risk? The next scripture I want to go through here briefly is the Hebrews one. <clears throat> and I included this. Uh, this is something that, that the Lord has kind of brought up multiple times in my life in the last decade. Um, so I have the opportunity out at Riverside when I was on full-time staff to give a devotional to the entire staff of Riverside and Ingamokaboji. And what I talked about that day was how all of the counselors that I had had in the past at camp had no idea about what God was doing in my life at that time. They had stepped out in faith. They had given a whole summer to proclaim Jesus to whatever campers happened to be in their cabins that week or on their day camps that week. And it was important for the counselors to take this one week at a time because they weren't necessarily going to see eight or ten or a hundred kids coming to know Jesus Christ while they were there at Riverside. They were planting seeds for something in the future, right? So, in this Hebrews text, we have this long list of, um, of really important characters in our faith story, right? Those are the really important people to the history of the Israelites, to the history of the Jewish nation. We have Abraham, we have Moses, we have David, we have many more mentioned. And I'm going to pick us up on verse 13 here. So the author of Hebrews writes this, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. That makes me think of Moses, right? After the whole exodus, Moses led them around the wilderness for years and years and years, and then what had to happen for them to enter the promised land? Moses died. He didn't get to experience that reality, but he got to see it from a distance. Continuing with verse 14, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, our purpose in stepping out in faith and taking a risk is not just to reap immediate rewards. That's often not how the kingdom of God works. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we take a risk and we immediately are blessed or or see somebody else blessed by the love of Jesus Christ in that risk, right? But not every risk that we take and not a lot of the bigger risks that we take come with that immediate gratification. We don't take risks in our faith so that we can puff ourselves up, so that we can say, look what we have done. That wouldn't be with the humility that Christ shows. But stepping out in risk today means that we're perhaps sowing seeds for something else, for someone else, for another time. This is a kingdom of God investment. God may call us as individuals or us as the body of Christ or as Emmanuel Lutheran Church to take a risk, and we may never see the return on that risk, but that doesn't mean it was not God calling us 
to take that risk. A kingdom investment. We, we live with the faith that the kingdom of God will continue um, until Jesus comes back, which probably, maybe, will outlive most of us, right? So there are many ways that we take that risk, they take that leap of faith that is not necessarily for us to see the results today. See, my parents sowed many seeds. Uh, my dad was a Sunday school teacher, a confirmation teacher. He played piano for the kindergartners. He, it's still weird knowing his personality to think that he did that for 17 years. Um, my mom was the same way, involved in any church music she could get her hands on. And we were there. We were there every Sunday, and I was there with him every Sunday. I kind of grew up thinking that the church was my second home, and now I live on the church property. It's wonderful. But my parents sowed many, many seeds throughout their lives. But they both passed away before I got to go to seminary and really come alive in faith. They didn't get to see all of the fruit that resulted of the seeds that they planted. My camp counselors at Ingham Lake Bible Camp at a Riverside Bible Camp, they only know a tiny bit of the story. They only know a tiny bit of the fruit of what God has done in my lives because of their ability to step out in faith because of their willingness to take a risk and befriend me and preach the scriptures to me and show me the love of Christ through their actions. The pastors who risked a lot in starting like an out-of-the-box seminary called the Master's Institute in the middle of Lutheran land, the Twin Cities, a Lutheran seminary that doesn't look like a Lutheran seminary, they took a big risk. And those people who did that today have no idea of the implications of what that risk has done as, as those leaders who have been trained there and encouraged there have spread out across the world to do ministry. I could go on and on. But what I want you to take away from this is that a kingdom risk, a risk that God is calling you to take to step out of the boat is never one that's done in vain. It doesn't mean you see the reasoning right away. It doesn't mean you see the purpose right away. But our inability to see into the future does not mean it's not God. We should be looking for ways to step out of the boat. God is faithful. God has commanded us to see where he is working. He's commanded us to get out of the boat and to keep our eyes fixed on him. And risk means that we do these things. As we do these things, we live as children of light. As our Ephesians text this morning said, this, this scripture paints a really good picture of community. Our faith journey, our journey of taking risks is not one that we do alone. Paul is calling the body of Christ to do this together. We are meant to do this together. There's no individual risk-taking in the body of Christ. We encourage one another as we're filled with the Spirit. We have this joint mission of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We have this joint mission of being part of the kingdom of God breaking into the here and now to bring his grace, to bring his peace, his forgiveness. So we're not doing this alone. Risking in faith is never a solo thing. It may require personal risks, yes. It may require personal investments, yes. But it's never something that is done apart from the body of Christ. That's how we've been called to live out this faith, as part of the body of Christ and with the presence of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. So faith is spelled R-I-S-K. God calls us to faith. A faith that puts our, our willingness to follow Jesus Christ above our worldly comforts. 
That's not a popular message in our culture today. But we're supposed to have a faith that puts following Jesus above our worldly comforts. God calls us not only to get out of the boat, but to actually be looking outside of the boat so that we can see where he's doing something miraculous and inviting us to come be a part of it. So if we're going to take risks as Emmanuel Lutheran Church to further the kingdom of God, naturally, these walls are not where the church ends. We need to be looking outside of the walls of Emmanuel to even see the areas where God wants us to step out in faith. Doesn't mean we're not ministering to each other. Doesn't mean we're not ministering inside the walls. But the invitation is also out there. And the kingdom of God expanding, other people coming to know the loving truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's out there. Our abundant life in the future of the body of Christ depends on our ability to step out in faith today. Not to just punt it off to tomorrow or or in 10 years not to wait till all the churches in our country are decimated uh, by our culture or by indifference or by conv- competing worldviews. God is calling us to do this today and every day. God is calling you to take risks. So for you, that might mean maybe that starts with picking up the Bible outside of this space, maybe in your home, and letting it transform you. That's kind of scary. I talked to somebody once who... Um, started reading through the scriptures and had to put it down for a while because it was scaring them how much it was changing them. And that's okay. The Bible should transform you. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It should transform you. So maybe that's a risk for you is to take five minutes or ten minutes out of your day and just start there. Maybe start with the gospel. Start reading through the gospel of John or the gospel of Matthew where we see this story. Or maybe for you that might be having a faith conversation with someone you don't normally talk about religion with. Or maybe with somebody who doesn't even know Jesus. Culturally, 50 years ago, we just had the assumption that most people in our culture went to church. It it was just maybe not our church. Maybe they were Baptists. Maybe they were Catholic. So we got into this mentality that maybe we shouldn't be going around sharing our faith because we didn't want to offend the faith that they had. Today, our culture is not that way. And we have students, even, even in our Sunday schools or confirmation classes, that, that ask, what's Good Friday? I don't know what Good Friday is. Or they ask, who's Noah? I don't know who Noah is. We can't make the assumption that the people in our culture actually have heard about Jesus. So maybe taking a risk, stepping out in faith, is having a conversation with someone about how God has transformed your own life. Or how God is transforming your life today. You don't have to paint a perfect picture Or maybe for you, taking a risk means you give sacrificially to God's kingdom work on earth. Maybe that's your time. Maybe that's your resources. I think of the the story in the Gospels of of the widow that gave her last two coins, when everyone else was giving out of their abundance. Um, She's the one that took a risk, because she didn't have money to go buy bread after that. All of these things that I've just mentioned, scriptures, talking about your faith, giving, These are all things for every Christian to think about every day. These are all part of our walk as disciples of Jesus Christ. So God is also calling Emmanuel to take risks. And again, our comfort as Emmanuel Lutheran Church is in Jesus Christ alone, right? It's in Christ alone. Our comfort is knowing our eternal destination, even when we don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Our comfort is in following Jesus Christ wherever he leads. All of these things 
should be put ahead of our worldly comfort and desires. God is calling us to take risks. So how is God calling you to live out your faith? What is going to look different an hour from now than an hour ago? What is going to look different Monday than what it looked like on Saturday? How is God calling us as Emmanuel Lutheran Church to do the same on a larger scale? Let's think about those things this week. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for the faith of Peter, for how hungry Peter was to know that Jesus is Lord, the Son of God. We thank you that Peter did step out of the boat and that we have this incredible testimony to learn about your heart, Jesus. Jesus, you display for us what the kingdom of God looks like. Lord, in any ways that we do not have our eyes looking to your kingdom, looking to your future, looking to you, in any ways that we are hesitant to look outside of the boat, Lord, I pray you would transform us. You would create in us a willingness, and not just a willingness, but a desire to see where you are working and to step out of the boat and go join. This is our mission as we go and make disciples. This is our mission as we teach people to understand and obey all that you have commanded, all that you have called us to. This is our mission as we live life and live it abundantly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.